What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Swipe Up. This week, I wanted to address the video that was made by Instagram CEO Adam Mosery. I believe that's how you say his name. He posted this video on June 30th, so a few weeks ago now, but it has been making waves. I'm sure you've seen, if you're at all a part of this um, online social media community, into how Instagram is evolving as a platform, both for its creators in the features that it's using and in the ways that people like you and I that make a living on this platform uh, can better utilize it to increase our engagement, increase our reach, increase the business outcome that we're trying to achieve on the platform. So I thought there was a lot of really interesting insight in this video. I'm going to be doing a bit of detective work essentially in the video to kind of read between the lines of what he's saying. Obviously, he's a CEO of a multi-billion dollar company, so he cannot come out explicitly and say some of the things he probably wants to say. So I have a whole bit of notes typed up that I prepared for this episode um, after watching this two minute and 26 second video. And I want to sit down and digest it with you. And then of course, hear your thoughts afterwards on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, wherever you want to reach out to me. If you have any thoughts, I think it'd be really interesting to start a conversation around this video, because like I said, there's a lot jam packed into it. And there's a lot that has bearing on what we do as digital marketers. So I think it's important we know what he's saying and really what he's me what he means when he says some of these things. So without further ado, I want to jump into this video is IGTV that had like 2 million views, probably the most amount of views an IGTV has ever had uh, called changes coming to video. We're not just, we're no longer just a photo sharing app, a square photo sharing app. At Instagram, we're always trying to build new features that help you get the most out of your experience. Right now, we're focused on four key areas. We'll be breaking these down. Creators, video, shopping, and messaging. So let's see what our friend Adam has to say at Instagram. Hey, everyone. I thought it would be good to start sharing more about what we're currently working on internally at Instagram, just to give you a sense of what's coming before it comes. So... I'm going to stop it right here. I think this is really interesting. Transparency is not something that Instagram or a lot of these social media platforms has ever done a really good job with. I think we often complain as digital marketers that there is some unclear, non-transparent tweaks and, and changes that are always happening to their algorithm that have a really huge bearing on what we do for a living and have a really huge bearing on how we conduct our businesses. But we're never privy to what those changes are, what those changes might be, how they affect what we do on a daily basis. So it's nice for a change that we have transparency into, into what's happening. Uh, and they've been doing this a lot, actually. You can see that Instagram has been having a lot of increased transparency within the last 12 months, I would say, or you know, just having articles with experts from their company speaking out directly with creators or directly to creators, uh, speaking to what they could do, best practices to grow their following, to reach the most amount of people. I think that's been really awesome. Uh, you know, they've had videos like this or, or just blog posts from uh, their own website that kind of lays out really explicitly what is happening on their platform, what's going to be happening, how you can get the most out of it. So I think that they now realize that they have to be more transparent with creators if they, if they want creators to come to their the platform. And I think that is going to be a theme you see a lot of here uh, with this video is that they realize that they no longer monopolize this corner of the internet. You know, for a while, there was the big three of, of Facebook, which was really your, your mom or your grandma's uh, app where you could connect with friends or, or maybe be in a group like a, a Facebook group or, or uh, say that you're interested in going to an event. It was a lot more community focused, uh, maybe not so much sharing what was going on in your life as much as it was catching up with people and, and seeing what they were doing. There was Twitter, which I think a lot of people use and uh, used and still use for 
current events and, and news is happening and, and really current conversations. And then there was Instagram, which was basically everything else, which was kind of short form online entertainment, um, really cool pictures, a, a place to share video, although it probably wasn't predominantly used that way, uh, and a place to get short form, really quickly bit information curated and, and served to you because this is one of the first, obviously after Facebook uh, platforms that was a little bit more focused on curating content to the user and not just giving it in a, in a chronological feed. Obviously, a lot of people were complaining about when that went away, uh, but I think they kind of put their stake in the ground as the platform that was going to show you new things that you maybe didn't know you liked yet. And that really paved the way, obviously, for platforms like TikTok or like different features that Snapchat now has, um, or even like a platform like Visco to crop up and to start segmenting off little features or pieces of Instagram that they previously had a monopoly over, but now no longer could really claim to be the only platform that does a single thing. You know, they're not any longer, as Adam even says here, the photo sharing app. I think Visco has really taken a leap on your ability to edit video photo, your ability to share photo in a way that's very intimate, in a way that's not so much about getting the most amount of likes or reshares, but in a way that's more artistic focused or, or more focused on the the small intimate moments. Uh, TikTok obviously has really dominated in the short form video piece and has done, of course, an excellent job of learning to build an algorithm that really curates content to a user that's going to keep them on the platform for longer. Uh, it keeps continually showing people things that they didn't even know they wanted to see, but really enjoy seeing. And Snapchat, I think, has really dominated in the messaging side of things, which is a, a part they're going to talk about here in the video that uh, your ability to create groups, to share moments that are happening as they're happening with uh, a group of people, you know, a certain group or all the people that you know, I, I think is really impactful. And of course, they're making uh, a segment into original content, whether that be on their explore page where they have original programming or in their TikTok clone spotlight. So I think Instagram has slowly started to realize that they are no longer monopolizing that third part of the internet behind Facebook and Twitter, that they need to get very intentional in what part of the internet that they can stake their claim in. And they probably need to do a little bit of uh, reclamation in the areas of the internet that they've let slipped a little bit. And I think that's most obviously seen uh, with TikTok, but maybe even a little bit more so seen with Snapchat as they get more into original programming. I, and I think that the final point to be made here is that they want to be now on the side of creators, that all of this transparency that you see, all of these features that are coming out are meant to service creators and are no longer meant to just play on the side of advertisers for a very long time. I think they their goal, as many social media platforms were, was to get a huge amount of users. And then the tide sort of shifted away from, okay, we got to get all these users on by you know creating an app that has features that nobody's ever seen before to now, how do we get these people to stay on longer so that we can monetize them? And I think they're now coming back to, of course, letting people stay on the platform longer so they can monetize them. But looking at creators, being transparent with creators, talking to creators about what they want on the platform and taking their side a little bit more more so than the advertiser. So I think there's some really interesting things here and even Adam uh, Mosery even posting this video, uh, but obviously there is more to jump into. And so we are going to do that now. Right now we are trying to build new experiences primarily in four areas. The first is creators. And I've talked a lot about creators and trying to help them make a living. And this has to do with the shift in power from institutions to individuals across industries. So I think this is really interesting. This whole idea that <laughs> institutions are losing power in how uh, they can monetize creators, how they can control creators is obviously very true. Um, and he wants to be able to empower those creators more so than 
the new institutions that are cropping up. And I think this is namely TikTok. So it's now a game of not only trying to get creators and, and sign them and then having these really lopsided agreements that I think you would see historically with TV deals or record labels, whatever it may be. But now it's a game of who can empower creators more. And obviously when there's this competition for empowering creators more, that benefits the creator. You know, all of a sudden it's like, okay, who can pay me more? Who has the better features? Who has the better distribution? Th these are things that work in the favor of creators because now these platforms are, are fighting to give them more power. Uh, but it's funny that, you know, he's talking about removing power from institutions. There, there are new institutions that are cropping up and, and that's coming in the form of, of platforms, like I said, TikTok and, and, and Snapchat. I think you're going to see more uh, cash incentives from platforms. So I think one way, for example, that these platforms are gonna draw creators to their platform are gonna be with cash incentives. Facebook and Instagram both just realized um, creator type cash incentives uh, for their platforms, things like hosting lives on, on Instagram, um, you know, doing lives with other people, all these different things they're going to start um, promoting. I think that's interesting that they have such low hanging fruit. Like, hey, if you do this very basic thing on our platform, we're gonna pay you for it. Uh, that's even a little lower brow than what TikTok does, which is put you into a creator fund similar to how YouTube will allow you to uh, monetize on AdSense uh, on a CPM basis. So a price for how many thousands of views you get. Um, TikTok is doing a similar thing. Instagram is saying like, hey, just please do these things, utilize these new features that we're putting out and we'll pay you to do that. Um, I think that really shows how much catch up they have yet to play that people aren't even using their features. Um, and so they're having to pay to incentivize people to use them in the first place. And then hopefully, obviously, they're going to boost the engagement on those new features. You know, we've talked about this in past episodes where Instagram reels are so juiced in the uh, organic engagement that they get because they want you to use that feature. They want you to come over from TikTok and see, hey, I can get a similar amount of reach on this platform, Instagram, um, they're probably going to do the same thing with things like IG lives and um, things like shopping features and in um, events that they that they might have. But it's so interesting to me that they have to play such catch up with TikTok by even paying people to use their features in the first place. Um, I, I think the creator fund is going to be one of the more powerful ways to get people to come to your platform. The idea that you can have a sustainable income on a platform is going to be really important. That's something that YouTube obviously does really, really well, um, that you can know that every time you put out a video that based on the performance that you could create a, a legitimate a legitimate income you know obviously having people get paid for doing an ig live is just being a stopgap in between what real monetization might be on the platform and i think it's really interesting i think instagram more so than TikTok, and and certainly snapchat has the ability to pay to pay creators on a uh cpm based model the same way youtube does because their ad platform their ad business between facebook and instagram is so large, you know, second only to Google, um, that they can really find a way effectively to split the revenue between creators and uh, between the platform where they can probably provide an outsized um, amount of revenue potential to youth to creators in a way that TikTok cannot right now. I'm not saying that TikTok, and I, I, I definitely think they're going to grow their ads business to be able to catch up and to be able to offer uh, a more CPM based pricing model to creators to let them know they're going to be able to create a sustainable income. But I think Instagram and Facebook have that head start right now. And that's something I think they should be getting on really quickly is providing a, uh, a more scalable model to paying out their creators in a way that other platforms right now cannot. And I think that would be a really interesting way to get ahead of the uh, other platforms. 
that are just doing cash dumps right now, like Snapchat and TikTok, uh, that are just providing sets amount of funds to uh, help as a stopgap to creators. So that's something that I think Instagram should get on. I'm not sure if they're going to, but um, I think through different things that we'll talk about in a second, uh, affiliate links and, and e-commerce integrations that they might look to get into that sort of model. The second is video. Video is driving an immense amount of growth online from all the major platforms right now. And it's one that I think we need to lean into more. And I'm actually talk about that more in a minute. So he's obviously correct here that video engagement is so much higher than nearly any other format of engagement. And obviously this is true for new features that Instagram is rolling out, namely Instagram Reels, right? That they're gonna boost the engagement to incentivize you to use that. That's why you're seeing these things like Reels have their own tab on the bottom for a while. IGV, IGTV had its own tab on the on the bottom of the uh, of the app. I'm seeing now in some accounts that I'm running that on your profile view, instead of you know how you have traditionally, it's just your post and the post that you're tagged in. And now as they add new features, there's a tab on your own profile for the IGTVs that you posted. There's a tab on your profile for the Reels that you've posted. Um, they had a thing called guides for a while um, that they are combining all of the video formats that you have posted, including the ones that you've just posted to the feed. And they're combining that into something that is just a, a video icon on your profile. So that when people click over to your profile, they can see every video format that you have ever posted. And I think this is a really intentional step by Instagram to move into a space where, like you said, they're no longer just a photo sharing platform. Uh, they're not a platform that's so fractionalized in the types of video that you're posting. Like, hey, you have to post this type of video to do, to be in this business or to, to grow this way, or you have to post this type of video to do this thing that, they just want to be a more ubiquitous video platform that people can upload engaging uh, short form original. Uh, I'm sure they're hoping for original video content to And it doesn't matter what feature you're using to post it. It's going to have the same outcome for you. And this is going to incentivize creators to just take the guardrails off whatever they're doing and just post more and create more within Instagram. Now, I think there's something to be said that they don't have the same features that other apps do to incentivize that creation or to support that creation. But that's definitely the, the, the way they're going, where it, they don't want it to be just Instagram for pictures or Instagram, I'm just posting reels here, I'm just posting IGTVs, that it's just Instagram video. And by taking off those guardrails that they can subsequently increase their, their, their marketing position as a place to go for entertaining content. And he's gonna mention later on that their goal is to entertain. And I think, they think by taking those those training wheels off essentially with the different features that they're going to do more of that. I might posit that by taking the guardrails off, by taking the creative restrictions off, it might be harder to create an Instagram. Obviously, they're still going to have the features of Reels and of IGTVs, but mentally for creators or for people that are just using Instagram for uh, creating content, for, for building brands, it might be hard to delineate or to ideate more effectively uh, how, how to create on, on the platform. I think right now it's really easy to say like, oh, if it's this length, I'm going to post it as a reel and it's going to show up at this part of my profile. If it's this length, it's going to be an IGTV and I'm posted on this part of my profile. And you think about creating videos differently that way. Reels have to be really quick hitting. They have to grab your attention within the first couple seconds. While IGTVs can maybe be a little bit more drawn out and intimate the way that this video is. And by taking off those guardrails, it might lower the quality of content that's being posted. That's just a, a blatant hypothesis by me. Um, but I, I think it's interesting that they're they're getting into that categorization of just videos and, and moving away from sort of the feature forward uh, categorization on platforms, at least that they've had in the past. I think another thing that we need to be looking forward to is shopping. He's going to talk about this in a second. I 
don't have as much to say about shopping or e-commerce on the platform because it's not something I'm super dealing with, but it is a huge wave of, of where social media is heading. Um, I think live streaming and shopping are the two big things. And when you can combine those, you're going to have a huge earning potential for these platforms and for users of these platforms. So things interesting in the direction they're going, but I'm going to let Adam speak a little bit more to that. The third is shopping. Now the pandemic shifted or accelerated the shift of commerce from offline to online by a number of years. And we're trying to lean into that trend. And the fourth is. So we talked about the, the pandemic accelerating shopping. Obviously um, e-commerce has seen a huge boost in uh, the past 18 months. Uh, but I think what you should be on the lookout for, like I said earlier, is live stream shopping. When you can get syndicated programming uh, that has a captive audience, think live television. Um, th I would first think about the advertise the, uh, the the programming that can pull the highest amount of uh, CPM from an advertiser, and that is obviously live live television. And where you get the most live television these days, uh, with such. Uh, spread out and, and fractionalized uh, programming is in live sports. So that's why you see the NFL, uh, the MLB, NBA signing such huge TV deals with uh, these platforms like or these these channels like ESPN or, or NBC or, or whatever it may be, because that is the only time that they can uh, really charge the amount of CPM that, that frankly probably keeps these uh, channels in, in business. So when you can get uh, stuff that is live, that makes you have a captive audience, uh, they will be able to, as platforms, drive uh, much higher prices for ads. And I think there's just a natural integration there uh, that is incentivized from both the platform and user side to bring in the e-commerce. So from the platform side, obviously, you can start delivering ads to a live captive audience um, that somebody pays for. Um, from a user side if, or a creator side, if you have an affiliate deal or you have a sponsorship deal and you have a captive audience that you can pitch this deal to where you know they're not going to turn away and, and where watch time is not going to be an issue because they have to be there to watch it as it's happening. Um, that that obviously is an incentive for you and, and might increase your conversion rate on, on whatever deal that you're looking at. So I think live streaming and shopping are really interesting things to look out for. Also look for just reduced movement between apps for checking out, um, especially as consumer data, third-party consumer data is clawed back um, from all these platforms, we've seen this on Facebook ads and, and uh, most other ad platforms, but speaking specifically about Instagram is Facebook, that the reduced amount of uh, data that they now get from users leaving their site is going to incentivize them to have the entire browsing, checkout, confirmation, maybe even return process happen on their website so that they can maintain a lot of the data about what happens when consumers are operating on the platform. And then this is also, I said this at the beginning, an opportunity for creators to earn more revenue. Uh, I think this is the biggest head start that Instagram has besides their ad business over TikTok specifically is their ability to integrate commerce. I think for a very long time, Instagram has been a platform where people go on and look at idealistic versions of themselves through influencers, um, through brand accounts that are able to portray a very, I'm going to say idealized, again, version of what a consumer wants to be. And I think it's just natural that you go from that idealized version of what you want to look like to be able to purchase right off of your favorite influencer, right from your favorite brand page, uh, right within the platform. And again, that way, Instagram is able to keep that data and sell it back to advertisers uh, in a way that they're not able to get from third parties anymore. And I think there is a unique opportunity for creators to capitalize on 
what people already come to the platform for, which is to see them in cool things, see them doing cool things, see them having cool experiences with cool brands, um, to add some type of affiliate deal, which they are already doing, uh, to their posts to earn some of this recurring uh, passive income from things that they're already doing. So I think that's just a natural leg up Instagram has and something they're obviously going to be leaning into a little bit more. Messaging. How people connect with their close friends has changed a lot over the last five years or so. And has moved primarily to messaging away from feed and stories products. So this last one was kind of interesting to me. Messaging isn't really something that was super high on my radar, but the more I thought about messaging, the more I, the less I should say, I thought about shooting your friend a text message. And, and the more I thought about things like community building. So this whole idea of a Patreon or an OnlyFans or a Discord or even a Clubhouse is to be able to engage with the community in a way that is, again, live, uh, but is also hyper-personalized and provides the sort of a la carte experience that is no longer really happening on, on social media. The experience that people can get on social media, the information about a single person on social media uh, that somebody might be a fan of is so ubiquitous I'm using that word a lot, I realize that I think there are obviously cravings for these more a la carte experiences, hence why you see paid uh, paid things like Patreon, OnlyFans, Discord, Clubhouse um, being a little bit different, but just as mechanisms to be able to allow creators, personalities, individuals, brands to connect uh, more directly with their audience. And the growth of these businesses really show an appetite for fans to be able to pay to get into some of these more exclusive communities. And I think what he means here by messaging, again, this is me reading between the lines, is not figuring out new ways to send DMs to your friends. I think that's something that's always going to be a part of Instagram, but not something they're really looking to capitalize on. But it's surrounding things like Twitter, a super follow, being able to have uh, a paid level to uh, to your to your following or to your following stack on uh, on Twitter, or a service like Substack, where you can pay to have a newsletter distributed uh, and, and have an exclusive community that way that gets exclusive information that, that you're providing. So I think, think less about direct messaging or shooting DMs to people on Instagram, and think more about ways to monetize, build, and engage with communities uh, on, a, on a deeper level. And I'm sure that's what they're talking about getting into. Facebook has already done that. Um, you know, they have their clubhouse clone, they're working on ways to uh, create paid and, and gated communities. And I'm, I'm sure that's only going to move over into Instagram more and more. But today, I actually want to talk a bit more about video. And I want to start by saying, we're no longer a photo sharing app or a square photo sharing app. The number one reason people say that they use Instagram in research is to be entertained. So people so this whole entertaining thing makes me think of original programming, which Snapchat has done really, really well, or at the very least, it makes me think about getting creators on the platform exclusively. I think this is a battle that Triller and TikTok were fighting for a while. I think it's one that Instagram is much better positioned to, um, to fight with on, to fight with TikTok over what this battle makes me think about again, thinking about original content, original programming, which is what all these con all these platforms want. You know, there's a reason that, Hulu and, and, and Netflix are such big businesses and, and spend so much money on creating original programming because that is going to be their differentiating factor in a in a world that's so fractionalized and, and honestly just so equal in, in what the product actually is. So being able to have original programming is really important. The same way Spotify is spending $60 million on Caller Daddy or $200 million on Joe Rogan is because they need some sort of top of funnel attractor to get you into the platform. Once you're into the platform to listen to your favorite podcast, uh, you're more likely to stay around and listen to music or other podcasts on that same platform. This compares uh, this 
battle between TikTok and Instagram to get more original content and, and better creators on their platforms does make me think a little bit of the YouTube live versus uh, Twitch streaming debacle that I feel like a lot of content creators have. You know, nobody really or, or rarely people build their audience exclusively on Twitch. I feel like a lot of the people that create content there started on YouTube in some capacity. Maybe they grew larger on Twitch, but in, in some way they probably started on YouTube. Uh, and it's interesting to me why somebody that already has an established following on YouTube now would ever go over to Twitch because YouTube has basically all the same features. And however, you have a built-in audience on YouTube that you can stream directly to. And so this makes me think of, of something similar where I'm sure all these people at Instagram before they had TikTok, right? It was just around for a lot longer, much more popular five years ago than Musical.ly or, or, or TikTok was. And so why wouldn't creators as... Instagram builds out the same functionality as TikTok, just stick where they already have a built-in audience. Obviously, that's going to be different for the Charlie D'Amelio and Addison Rays of the world that have more followers on, on TikTok than they do on Instagram. Um, and it's probably going to start leveling out as you can it's, as it's harder to grow on TikTok. But it is very interesting to me that as it gets harder to grow on TikTok, as Instagram builds out more features, I think more creators are just going to decide to stick over to Instagram because that's where they already have an established following. The same reason YouTubers would decide to just stream on YouTube than they would on Twitch. Might be interesting to see if Instagram doles out any money for uh, specific creators. I know Facebook has not been uh, uh, shy to that in the past. They Substack, which is I mentioned earlier, a uh, subscription newsletter letter service um, where you can launch your own newsletter and have people pay for it. Uh, Facebook created something called Bolton, which is their competitor to that, and they bought out people like Malcolm Gladwell to come over and exclusively distribute their newsletters on uh, Facebook. So Instagram might do something similar, uh, but they also are going to have to start bolstering their tools because the assumption I make there is that TikTok one is going to re reduce this organic reach, which I think is going to happen as you could see in a, in a graph I, I, I talked about in a couple episodes prior, which is as more content gets posted, it's going to be harder to have higher discoverability, but uh, they're going to have to Instagram going to have to bolster their features to get even on the same level as TikTok. I think a lot of creators would argue that TikTok's features are just so, 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 so much better to create than Instagram's. They just have their filters, the effects that they have are just on such a different level than Instagram's that I think Instagram's being kind of arrogant right now to assume that people are just going to come over and use the Reels feature just because it's the same thing as TikTok, but people already have followers on Instagram. Um, I think the way that Instagram is positioned in a lot of people's minds is still this square photo sharing app. And until they get the features and the creative suite to be able to position it more as a content creating app, I do not think that they're going to be able to compete with TikTok or have the same success of, of people creating content on uh, on their platform. You know, there's a reason that reels are just regurgitated TikToks because it's easier to create on TikTok than it is on Instagram. And that's just a fact. And I think that Instagram is going to have to get out of its own way and realize that they have to bolster the tools um, before they, you know, really get people to come over and create for them. People are looking to us for that. So actually this past week in our internal all hands, we shared or I shared a lot about what we're trying to do to lean into that trend, into entertainment and into video. Because let's be honest, there's some really serious competition right now. TikTok is huge, YouTube is even bigger, and there's lots of other upstarts as well. And so people are looking to Instagram to be entertained. There's stiff competition and there's more to do, then we have to embrace that. And that means- It's interesting to me that he draws a comparison uh, to TikTok I mean, it's obvious why he does it, but it's it's so interesting that he just calls them out directly. I think for a while, Instagram was, again, this big lumbering giant that was not going to even concern itself with the little upstart that was TikTok until TikTok surpassed them in uh, people creating content on their platform more so than what happens on Instagram. And so now they need to get creator focused and they need to get better features to compete because 
I'm gonna say it again. It's just so easy to create on TikTok. And I think that app is as much of a content creation app as it is a content intake app. And Instagram is gonna have to be less arrogant and realize that they need to get on that level. I also think he doesn't talk about, or he, he does in fact mention YouTube. And I think that's gonna be their model for funding creators. I think they are going to take their robust ad business and chop up some sort of CPM model where they can more so than, than TikTok and Snapchat fund creators in a way that is sustainable and scalable. And the, the way that they can play ads before reels or after reels or the way that they're integrating ads and IGTVs and, and a bunch of different features that they are testing. You mentioned this in, a, in another post or Instagram in another blog post mentions that they're testing these, these different ad placements. This is perfectly positioning them to act as YouTube does to uh, fund creators in a scalable way, in a way that TikTok cannot do and in a way that they have such a huge leg up on the platform. He also mentions that things need to change. This is going on a mini rant for a while. They do not need to change, but they need to evolve. Instagram already has a million features that nobody uses and a million features that nobody's ever asked for. So they don't need to keep adding new features and adding things just for the sake of adding things. They need to take what they have, take the products they have that are popular. I think they would admit that Reels is popular enough to compete with TikTok. I think they would admit things like stories are popular enough uh, that nobody really cares they ripped them off of uh, Snapchat, that they need to take these features and just make them better. They don't need to add new features. They just need to take the features they have to make them better to compete with the platforms that they're meant to compete with. And that means change. So what you're gonna see over the next couple months really is us start to experiment more in the space of what we call recommendations. So showing you things in feed that you may not be following yet. I hate this so much. I hate the fact that they're just trying to lump in more recommendations and more curation into our feed. I think people were already upset when they took away the timeline, the, the, uh, the, the timeline that was chronological and put in a curated recommendation feed based on what we'd want to see. And now all of a sudden I'm seeing sports highlights from three days ago. That is just not relevant just because I like sports doesn't mean I want to see a sports highlight from three days ago, but it also means that they are just blending all of their features together. So it's almost like they were like, Oh, we have all these features. Wouldn't it be nice if we just condense them? So it looks like we have less features uh, that are more robust. No, that's, that's not nice. You have a place for recommendations. It's called the explore page. It's kind of a shitty product. It's not as good as TikTok is, but it's still a place for recommendations. So might, maybe work on making that better and keep your recommendations out of my home feed, which I want to perfectly curate for what I want. And you already don't let me do that because it's not chronological. But the fact that you want to mesh all these things together means there's no place for people to just have a place where they want to see things that they want. It's all going to be based on how good your algorithm is. And to be honest, your algorithm hasn't been that great. And so I don't have a lot of faith that you're going to keep used on the platform if you think that you know better than what they know. And that's really annoying that they have this arrogance that they think they know better than what we know. Um, there are platforms like that. TikTok, for some reason, does a really good job. Maybe it's Xi Jinping looking at my data and knowing what pet videos I want to see, possibly just do that. TikTok can do it. Just do that. But the idea that you think with your current algorithm that you know more about what I want to see than what I know is totally wrong and really arrogant and really, really annoying. We just started testing an early version of this last week. This week is a new version that's coming out with topics where you can say which topics you want to see more of or less of. Dude, who uses this? You already tried this with hashtags, following hashtags. I don't know literally a single person that follows hashtags because you know what? A lot of shitty things happen on hashtags. And again, it's this whole idea of you thinking you know better than what I know about what I want to see on my platform. And I'm sure that you have tried these things in the past. I know you've tried these things in the past that hashtags, you can follow them and you can follow, like topics on the explore page and all the, like who uses these? I'm curious to know who uses these. Just learn more about me. You have so much data on me and TikTok is doing a fantastic job of curating content just for me. So 
why can't you do that? It's just, it's just mind-boggling to me that there's like this arrogance about, oh, well, we are going to use our proprietary algorithm and tell you what you like better than what you know. And it's like, no, you're not as good as TikTok about it on it. People obviously had a clamoring when you decided to take away the chronological timeline of their home feed. And now you're just going to go even farther on something that literally nobody asked for. This is the plight of Instagram, that they just put out new things that nobody asked for be, instead of making the things that people already like better. But we're also going to be experimenting with how do we embrace video more broadly, full screen, immersive, entertaining, mobile first video. And so you'll see us do a number of things or experiment with a number of things in this space over the coming months. Now, so the last part, I just want to add a little idea that that is the whole idea of please format your videos, people like no horizontal videos and reels, no horizontal videos in the feed, um, vertical videos in the feed that are cropped weirdly, like just format your videos because they are going to be looking to provide the best experience possible for the people seeing the video. And that is only going to happen when you use the right video aspect ratio for the right feature. I know it's annoying. I know Instagram has a million different aspect ratios that you can use social media channels have different aspect ratios that you can use or not use, but make sure that you're formatting your videos so that you have the best chance of being shown to new people. We have an idea of where we're going to end up in a half a year or a year's time, but I'm sure things are going to change many times between now and then. This isn't something that we can just do overnight. So you'll see us iterate and try and be very public about what we're doing and why with videos like this one. Okay. The funny part is, is that I'm sure they're going to iterate. I'm sure they're going to try new things. And I really hope that they pull back things that they realize people don't like. I think the whole hiding the like thing was something that people didn't really like. And so they just decided to make it optional for people. I don't know why they don't do that for more features, but I, I just think this Adam Mosery and whoever is in this internal board meeting of Instagram needs to realize that they don't know better than us. And I hope they look at the outcomes of, of, you know, people utilizing their features and not just time spent on platform, because I think there's a lot of mindless, mindless scrolling that happens on the platforms, but they look at how much people are using their features to actually create versus just to utilize them for the small engagement boost that they are right now. Uh, and, and that just brings some common sense. I often think like, I wish I could sit in on these meetings because I think they get high on their own supply so often that they don't just look at somebody who does this and works on these platforms for a, li for a living and says, hey, what would you actually like? Or what would you like to see or not see? And I think there's just an element of common sense there that's missing a lot of the time. And that comes through in some of the arrogance of this video. So that is all I have. I'm sorry I got really soapboxy and preachy there at the end, but this is stuff I'm passionate about. And this is stuff that you know makes or breaks what we do for a living and, and has bearing on the money that we make and the business that we get. And I think sometimes it's frustrating that these platforms act as if they come down from on high and just give us edicts because they think that's what's best for us. And I think that is important that people like us voice our opinion, even though literally nobody's going to hear this. I do think that it's an important conversation to have. Um, and I think this transparency is good and it's a good step in the right direction, but I just really hope that we can see more of it. That's all I have. Please go follow me on Instagram at memes for marketers. I changed my app because I want to be more of a theme page there. Uh, follow me on LinkedIn or go connect with me on LinkedIn, Tyler M Webb, and go listen to any episodes that you have not listened to. We had a whole season in season one where me and Jordan Liddell, a videographer, kind of shot the shit about what it was like to be contractors and freelancers, which I think had really good value and, and were really fun episodes to record. This season has been just me on my own. Uh, and I talk a lot about topics like this. So if you're interested, make sure you go check those out. I will see you guys all next week. Take care.